Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey, baseball fans. The game is over. Welcome to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. After the last pitch, you've made the switch for 17 years. It's time to talk about the game and the team with Tim Allen. Tim Allen's here. What do you got, Tim? We'll hear the highlights. And that one's hit high and deep to right. Suzuki back. Grown man home run by Rowdy Telez. And the Brewers have the lead. We'll hear from the manager and the players. We'll discuss the topics from the fans to the front office. I like Tim's perspective. History is made each and every year. And we're talking about it. 17 years of coverage after each game. Here's your host, Tim Allen. It is, a res- it is a final from American Family Field, and the results are not good, as Tim Allen would say. Sam Schmidt's in for you this afternoon alongside Evan Heffelfinger on the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies, broadcasting live from the Lakeland University Studios, leader in online education. Learn on your terms at lakeland.edu. The Brewers unable to complete the sweep, losing 2 to nothing this afternoon. Man, oh man. I'm just like Tim Allen, where there's nothing I hate more than losing to the Chicago Cubs. Like some of you people, I also hate the Cardinals, but man, just like Tim, the Cubs are right up there for me. So trust me, I know it's a bitter ending to a great afternoon after the Bucks take game one in Boston, but there's nothing I hate more than losing to the Chicago Cubs team and then filling in on the game where I was expecting a sweep, and now I'll probably be called a jinx. So trust me, it bothers nobody more than myself. But anyways... The Brewers end up losing this afternoon, two to nothing. Corbin Burns with, all in all, a pretty good outing, but the Brewers' offense unable to get anything going. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. If you guys want to join the show, or you can tweet us at twelve fifty AM. The fan once again four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. If you want to give us a call, but like I was saying, I mean Corbin Burns, two runs given up, really not that bad of an outing. These are the types of games that just really grind my gears. The Brewers, they snapped their five-game winning streak. Like I said, unable to sweep the Cubs. But Corbin Burns goes seven innings pitched, four hits, two two earned runs, one on a home run, and ten strikeouts. Joins Giovanni Gallardo as the only other Brewer to have three consecutive ten-plus strikeout games. And he goes for nothing. We could be talking about Corbin Burns tying franchise history and having another great outing. But instead, we're talking about another wasted quality start from this Brewers team as uh, the offense unable to get anything going. And the reason it grinds my gears so much is because, yeah, the offense has been on a roll lately. You have to mention that they are playing the Pirates and the Cubs. 
But this is the type of stuff that kind of concerns me if we're going to be talking about the Brewers in the postseason. It's just like this series against the Braves last year where the pitching was pretty good, but the offense just could not get anything going. And, yeah, they've been on a roll. Christian Yelich had a four-game hitting streak coming into today. Back-to-back games of the home run. Hunter Renfro is looking like himself, or at least the guy that the Brewers thought they were getting. Rowdy Telez has been great. But making Marcus Stroman look like a true ace. Marcus Stroman coming into today had a 6.98 ERA. I know one of them was against at the Rockies at Coors Field, so we have to mention that. But he did a pitch pretty well against the Brewers first time around the first series of the year. But games like this where your, your pitcher, your ace too on top of that, has a good game and your offense just can't get anything going, it's a type, that's a type, you know, type of stuff that concerns me heading into the postseason. Once again, Sam Schmidt's filling in for Tim Allen this afternoon on the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show alongside Evan Heffelfinger. 414-799-1250 if you guys want to join in, give us a call. Also, feel free to, if you guys want to talk about this Bucks game as well, feel free to. We're not going to you know, hold you out just because it's a Brewers postgame show. It was a great win by the Milwaukee Bucks, by the way. Commanding win. Take one in Boston. Up after the first quarter and then don't look back. So if you guys want to talk about that, feel free as well. Also, question up on Twitter for you. Once again, you can tweet us at 1250 the fan. If you guys aren't aware, we're also talking roster moves this afternoon. As come May 2nd tomorrow, the Brewers roster will go from 28 to 26 for the active roster. Because after the lockout and shortened spring training, MLB and the MLBPA agreed to have a 28-man roster with 15 pitchers and now you at least have to go to 14 and also get down to 26 as well. But if you didn't hear as well, Victor Carantini, Brewers catcher, returned from the COVID IL. And Jay Cousins went on the 10-day IL with an elbow issue. And Alex Jackson, right, Evan Heffelfinger given the air quotes. It's like the Brewers aren't, you know, aren't foreign to this where if it's a good time to put somebody in the IL, I bet it's either Chris Hook or Craig Council walk up to Jake Cousins in the locker and be like, hey, Jake, your elbow hurts today. It's like, Jake's like, what are you talking about? My elbow feels fine. Jake, your elbow hurts today. So it's probably a good time for Jake Cousins to hopefully get back and get back on track because at the end of the day, he is leading all of baseball, or at least tied for all of baseball with wild pitches for all of them beating sliders, which are is his money pitch. So it's kind of concerning. So hopefully Jake Cousins can get back on track. But anyways, the Brewers are already down to their maximum number of pitchers. But you still have to at least cut down two now. The fact that Caratini is back from the COVID IL means that Alex Jackson's probably going to be one of those guys that are going to be going down. But who else is it? You guys can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. You can give us a call, 414-799-1250. Also, if you want to talk about this game, the Bucks, we're here for you. Let's get right out to the phones. Let's go to Ricky in a barn. Ricky, you're on the Gene Wagner Baseball Postgame Show. What do you got? Yeah, that's right. It's Ricky in the barn. That's where I do all my plotting and all my scheming. I like it. This came today. You know, both the starters pitching through the seventh. Is it 1996 again? I know, right? Uh, you know, listen, you, 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 tip your, you tip your cap at the pitching performance like that, and you move on. You take your lump. You take the series win. Hey, at least the Milwaukee team took the W out east this afternoon, so you got that going for you. I'll leave you with a little fun fact. Yesterday, the Marlins traded Ishan Diaz 
meaning that they have no players left from the Yelich trade. So if anything, let's call this David Stern's Appreciation Day late. Well, absolutely, and especially I'll keep you here, Ricky. Oh, there he goes, never mind. Especially, too, with the Eric Lauer outing from yesterday, where for the first time in his career, back-to-back outings with 10-plus strikeouts, I mean, his fastball is now up a mile per hour. So you talk about not only the Christian Yelich trade and the fact that Ricky just brought up, Isan Diaz is now gone there. They have no, no other players on their active roster from that trade. And Eric Lauer is looking like damn near – I read Adam McAlvey's article from last night. He said, NL Cy Young contender. It's not me saying it. Adam McAlvey is saying those words. And based on the way Lauer is performing, if he can keep it up, he'll probably be in that conversation. But that's your number five. It's just amazing. Did you see the stats that he posted on Twitter last night? I did. Best ERA in baseball since last June in a minimum of 75 innings. Eric Lauer is third with a 2.16 ERA. Corbin Burns is fourth. And Adrian Hauser is fifth. Yeah. The only pitchers above them are Julio Urias and Ranger Suarez. Right. That's it. And Julio Urias got off to a rough start, too. But, man, that's why when I was talking about the start of this game, this is these are the type of outings that are so frustrating because you have such a great rotation. I know they end up winning the series. They had a great April, 15-7 and seven overall. They're doing well. They had a five-game winning streak coming into tonight. The offense really started heating up. But – I told Tim the last post game show I worked with him. You got to admit, as good as the offense is looking, this is a pretty easy part of the schedule, and you should be sweeping the Pirates. You should be taking two of three from the Cubs. So you're hoping that the offense heating up could kind of build good habits and carry you over into these other series. Now you get a day off, and you're going into a series at home against the Reds, and then you'll head to Atlanta, which should be a pretty tough test. They just got Ronald Acuna Jr. back, but just. The offense, this is the offense that we saw in the first couple weeks, and this is kind of looking like the offense from last year. And it's one outing from Marcus Stroman that looked great. And David Robertson is probably their best reliever. But some things to worry about. But at the end of the day, 414-799-1250, if you guys want to join the show, we'll talk about this and more, along with if you guys want to talk about the Bucks game as well, feel free to join us. Also, up on Twitter as well, you guys can comment who you guys think might miss the cut for the Brewers active roster cuts heading into tomorrow, as well as we also put a two-parter. So it's not only the Brewers have to go from a 28 to a 26-man roster tomorrow. Luis Arias is looking like he's going to be returning right around the corner. He played again this uh, afternoon in the minors, and Adam McAlvey is reporting that the Brewers will probably make a decision on him after his outing today. So Arias is right around the corner, too. That means you got to move two guys. you at least got to option them. So Alex Jackson's probably going to be one of them. The fact that you have three catchers in the active roster right now. But who's the other guy that you think the Brewers might option down? Also, when Urias does come back, who do you think he'll take the you know, who do you think will lose their spot to Urias? It could be Jace Peterson, could be Brasso, and do I dare, Evan, I'm sorry, put your earmuffs on, but do I dare mention Keston Hira? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I don't want to do it because at the end of the day he had a home run. Here's the tough part about this Urias thing is who loses their spot when Luis Arias does come back. It's like, as soon as you want to say it's one guy, they have a pretty good outing at the plate. Brasso, he's shown some power this year. He's been able to play multiple positions and has been getting on base. Keston Hira had a home run a couple like a week ago, had a RBI single yesterday. And Jace Peterson, unfortunately, I'm not going to give my answer right away, but Jace Peterson's kind of been struggling at the plate a little bit. 
but he had a home run this series. So we wish we all see. You guys can comment on Twitter at 1250 and the fan, 414-799-1250, if you want to chime in. We will talk about this and more. Once again, it is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies. Sam Schmitz in for Tim Allen this afternoon talking about a Brewers loss to the Cubs, 2-0 here on the fan. It's the Bucks and Celtics in round two. Will the defending champs be able to slow down Boston's Jason Tatum? We're talking Bucks playoff basketball on 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. It's time to dive inside the box score for today's game on 1250 AM, The Fan. Jim Dandy's on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Great food, awesome fish fries, plenty of TVs to watch the games, and always a friendly vibe. Welcome back into the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. Sam Schmitz once again in for Tim Allen this afternoon with you. 414-799-1250 if you guys want to join the show. Or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Once again, this uh, kind of a sour, bitter taste to the start of May, especially after a great Bucks win. You're thinking that, okay, Bucks win. Maybe we can get a sweep off the Chicago Cubs. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't go that way. Brewers end up getting shut out two to nothing. Corbin Burns gives up the two earned runs, went seven innings, 10 strikeouts, joining Giovanni Gallardo as the only other Brewer to pitch three straight 10 strikeout outings in franchise history. But unfortunately, it ends up going for a loss. Talk about this and more. But real quick, let's get into the box score from today's game. We had a whole game recap for, for you. But uh, I know, Evan, usually in losses, we're not going to make you uh, sit in here through that. So any, anyways, we'll get into the box score real quick. Colton Wong, 0 for 4 today with two strikeouts. It's going to be a trend. You're going to hear a lot of that today. Willie Adamas, 1 for 3. Ended up having a walk, but also struck out once. Christian Yelich, he had a four-game hitting streak going into today, but unfortunately could not get anything going. 0 for 4 as well with a strikeout. Andrew McCutcheon, 0 for 4 with a strikeout as well. Rowdy Telez, 0 for 1. He ended up walking twice. Hunter Renfro, who was hot as well, along with Christian Yelich, multiple home runs in the series against the Cubs, kind of showing who the Brewers probably were expecting they were getting after they traded Jackie Bradley Jr. for him. But unfortunately, comes up short in this outing, 0 for 3 today with also a strikeout. Omar Narvaez got the start today, 1 for 3 but ended up getting a pinch run for Mike Brasso in the eighth inning. Alex Jackson came in afterwards. Tyrone Taylor, he had a scorched double off the wall early in the game, but unfortunately the Brewers couldn't get anything going. Tyrone Taylor, one for three today, also with a strikeout. Jace Peterson, finally, 0 for three with two strikeouts. We'll talk about him more later. Corbin Burns, talking about the pitching lines here right now. Seven innings pitched, four hits, two runs, both earned. One walk and ten strikeouts, one home run given up as well. It was a solo shot. Corbin Burns ended up pitching 97 today through 67 strikes. His ERA coming into today was around 1.7. Now rises up to 1.93. Mm. Once again, another sour taste in your mouth that even though he ended up getting lost, only giving up two runs, and the offense still gets shut out, and that start goes to waste. Brent Suter came in for Corbin Burns in the eighth inning, only pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up a hit. No runs, also a walk and zero strikeouts. John Del Gustave came for him afterwards in the eighth to finish off the inning. He pitched one and one-third of an inning, ended up uh, striking out two as well. So the Brewers end up getting shut out, two to nothing. 
The Cubs get five hits on no errors. The Brewers with three hits and one error. The win goes to Marcus Stroman, who is now 1-3 and three on the year. Corbin Burns, as I mentioned, now 1-1. One and one. He gets the loss. And David, David Robertson is probably the Cubs' best reliever. Ends up getting the save his fifth of the year. Still doesn't give it up a run this season, which is kind of amazing for a guy who's in that Cubs bullpen. There's at least one guy who is damn near lights out. But anyways, talking about you guys with you, 414-799-1250 about this game. If you want to talk about the Bucks as well, free, feel free to chime in as well. We'll hear from Craig Council as well as the players later on this afternoon. But I gotta, I just got to keep on harping on this. I know the Brewers won the series, and they just swept the Pirates. They had a five-game winning streak coming into today. They had a great April, 15-7, and seven, after kind of a rough start to the season, especially on offense. But you cannot let these outings go to waste from your starters. Eric Lauer is pitching great, and he's your fifth starter. And Corbin Burns... This is, a, this, this is considered a bad outing from Corbin Burns, who strikes out 10 but allows two earned runs. It is now the fifth, quality, fifth time this season a Brewers starter has had a quality start and not earned a win this year. Does it sound familiar? It's kind of like last year where these guys were pitching great. I know Tim, he filled in on the Rami show with me one time, and Tim had a full list. He went, Evan, he literally went through every wasted quality start Oh, I know. He calls it his wasted days, wasted oh, nights list. It's just so frustrating. Eventually, the guy who we were interviewing was like, how long does this list keep going? It was like 20, 30 deep last year. At one point, I'm just talking to myself off the air. I'm like, Tim, I mean, we get it at this point. But it sounds so rough because, look, at the end of the day, this Brewers pitching staff, not only the starters, but the bullpen as well, it's Probably the best in all of baseball, if not the second. You got the New York Mets who are looking great without Jacob DeGrom so far. But toe for toe, the starters are great. And then you also have Williams and Hayter in the bullpen. Not to mention Boxberger. Got a little roughed up the past couple outings, but he's great as your seventh inning guy. Also, Trevor Gott just came out of nowhere and looked like a guy that you can rely on this season. But that's been great. But also, you have a secret weapon in Aaron Ashby, who doesn't look like he's going to get a start. If you haven't seen the probable starters for this next series, is looking like Woodruff is going to lead off the series against the Reds. And then it'll be Peralta and Hauser as well. So Aaron Ashby probably not getting another start. He'll go back to the bullpen for now. But 414-799-1250. Want to get your guys' thoughts on this Brewers shutout. Unable to complete the sweep, which just leaves a bitter taste in my mouth as well. I mentioned before at the start of the show, I'm just I'm right there with Tim where if there's one team I don't want to lose to, I can't stand losing it's the Cubs. We all don't like the Cubs and the Cardinals, but me especially, it's the Cubs. Because I'll just real quick, so you guys know where I'm coming from. Growing up, I told Evan this. For every friend I had who was a Brewer fan, there were at least three Cubs fans who were also friends of mine. So everywhere I went, I saw the Cubs logo. It's like I couldn't even celebrate Brewers baseball because all I was talking about was Cubs baseball. And then, of course, my two college roommates growing up, we're also Cubs fans, too. And by the way, at that time, they won a World Series, so I had to deal with that, too. So I just I relish in every win against the Cubs, and man, does it bother me when they lose to the Cubs. But anyways, talking about this game with you guys, 414-799-1250. Also, tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Want to get your guys' thoughts. If you haven't heard, the Brewers roster has to go from 28 to 26 tomorrow, and you also have to consider who is going to lose their spot to Luis Arias when he comes back. So want to get your guys' thoughts. Which players do you think are probably going to miss the cut? tomorrow which two guys do you think probably won't be on the active roster tomorrow and then who do you think between jace peterson mike brasso and keston hira 
may end up losing their spot as well once Luis Arias comes back. You can, you can tweet us at 1250 and the fan, or you can call 414-799-1250 like Mike in Greenfield just did. Mike, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Yeah, I'm going to mention the Bucks a little bit, too, to start off. They are looking pretty darn awesome. Um, and uh, if they keep playing their defense the way they are, um, it, I'm feeling pretty good about them. I was nervous about uh, Boston, but they look good today. Um, back to the Brewers, I, you know, I, I thought, man, everybody, you know, Gelich is, is hitting. They scored 11 and then 9. And then they went dormant today. I guess that'll happen. But how'd you like to be Burns? All those great outings he puts in. Almost had a no-hitter last year. And uh, he doesn't get any run support. He's a team player, though. He'll be fine. So um, I'm, uh, I'm pumped about the way the Brewers' offense is going. So that's what I had to say. Thank you, thank you Mike, for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, the Bucks, man, man. I know I was listening to the broadcast for the first half before the Brewer game started, and not only the broadcast, but everybody on the pregame show and even before the series today, everybody is on the Boston Celtics bandwagon. And I don't blame them because the Boston Celtics, besides the Bucks, probably have the second-best team defense left in the playoffs, and Jason Tatum is reaching another level. But today, the Bucks and Giannis especially just proved that they're still the defending champions, and Giannis is still the best player in this series, despite how much you want to talk about Jason Tatum. So, yeah. No, Mike, it's a great win. Once again, if you guys want it's the base, it's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show. We're talking about a Brewers shutout. But uh, we're also talking about the Bucks as well. We can't just not talk about the Bucks taking game one in Boston in a huge series. So if you guys want to talk about it as well, feel free to. 414-799-1250. Uh, real quick, because I see Austin is leaving American Family Field. Austin, you're on the Gene Wagner uh, Plumbing Baseball postgame show. What do you want to say here? Hey guys, how's it going? Um, yeah, so I, I just, you know, it's it, it's it's great to get the series. I'm happy that we got two out of three. Um, you know, I, coming into the game, I was like, oh great, we got Burns. You know, Burns coming up our ace here. You know, let's get the let's get the brooms out and sweep this. You know, I just I get a little concerned, and I'm just kind of see kind of how this plays out the rest of the years is, you know, how many good starts are we going to waste out of Burns like this? Because I, he was looking great i mean he made one mistake you know and that that's really what did us in but really if you know if you're going into a game and burns is pitching you score four runs you should win this game and unfortunately our bats our bats went silence and i i just get you know i'm glad we took two or three i'm just i just get a little concern of I, I don't want to waste too many of these great starts by burns and this is the second one in the in a row so yeah just you and me both, Austin. Real quick, before we uh, let you go, just want to know, too, we're always curious whenever the Brewers play the Cubs here on the postgame show, um, what was the, like, ratio of Brewers to Cubs fans at the stadium? I didn't really see too many crowd shots today. It was it was pretty split, and I think a lot of it had to do with the Bucks game. Honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the fact yeah. that it's a Sunday, too, I was like, if you're, if you're a Cubs fan, I guess it makes sense because there were a lot last night, it looked like, to, yeah, make, it, you know, to it, come up on a Saturday night. But, yeah, I didn't really see yeah. too many uh, shots of the crowd this afternoon. Yeah, it was pretty split, and I honestly driving in like an hour before the game, the parking lot was pretty open. So, um, you know, again, I think a lot of it had to do with the Bucks game, but yeah. you know, let's uh, on to Cincinnati. Let's you know, let's let's do good during that series. Yeah. So, uh, Thanks for the call, Austin. Appreciate it. And he's right. I mean, at the end of the day, they did they did end up winning the series. And I know I'm sounding very negative or kind of rational about this loss, but it's not so much the loss; it's more so like Austin said. How many of these are you going to have this year where 
it's not even just Corbin Burns or Ace, but it could be Brandon Woodruff, it could be Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser, or Lauer, all these guys. I heard somebody mention, I think it was Lane Grindle on the broadcast yesterday, he's like, when are we going to stop calling it the uh, Brewers trifecta and start calling it all six aces or all five aces, you know? It's getting to that point. If Eric Lauer keeps on pitching the way he is, Adrian Hauser is Adrian Hauser. He's going to do his thing. He's going to be a ground ball pitcher. But how many of these outings are you unfortunately going to waste? I mean, this is, like I said, this is considered a bad outing for Burns. Two runs given up, 10 strikeouts, and his offense has nothing for him against Marcus Stroman, who, by the way, Brewers coming into today were 11-2 and this season against righties. That's another reason why I'm a little salty about this. So Marcus Stroman coming into today, 6.98 ERA this season, who pitched well against the Brewers in the opening series this season, but it's kind of like Adrian Hauser where he's a ground ball pitcher for the most part, so you should be getting – more runners on base than you were. There's a lot of left on base and grounding into double plays this this game, which is really unfortunate to see. But, I mean, just three three hits off of Marcus Stroman by the Brewers' offense today. That's why I'm a little, uh, little mad about Corbin Burns not being able to get any run support and stuff like that. So, once again, 414-799-1250. Thanks to Austin, who is leaving the game. If you guys are leaving the game as well, want to hear from you, 414-799-1250. Also, up on Twitter, you can tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Our question for today, since the Brewers' active roster goes from 28 to 26 tomorrow, we're wondering who do you guys think are the two players that might get optioned down? And it's pretty much going to be three moves as well because Luis Arias, probably maybe not tomorrow, but is right around the corner returning as well. So between Brasso, Peterson, and maybe even Keston Hira, who may lose their spot once Arias comes back to third base? Want to know what you guys think? At 12.50 a.m., the fan. Let's see. Nick on Twitter says Jackson and Urania. Urias will take Brasso's spot. I would agree. Uh, but the thing with Urania is Urania signed a minor league contract, and he doesn't have any options. So, yeah, he's been getting roughed up. He's more of the long reliever in non-threatening situations. But if you want to option down Urania, he's going to go through waivers. So there might be a chance where you let him go. And look, at the end of the day, Urania, I'm not a huge fan of him, but the guy signed so late in spring training where he didn't really even get a chance to get his feet underneath him. So who knows? There may be a little bit more left in the tank for Urania, but I don't know about Brasso either. I think I think you want to keep Brasso on the roster. Look at his numbers. He's yeah. been playing really well. Hitting 250, which you can't say about a lot of the guys on this team, not striking out a ton, getting walks. Uh, the power's been there a little bit. He's been a pretty good player for you. He even pinch ran today. Yeah, and he's just as versatile as Jace Peterson. Brasso now hitting 250 this season with a 357 slugging percentage. So, other than that home run against the Cubs in the opening series, hasn't really shown much other power. But Jace Peterson, man, um, I hate to do this because Tim's probably listening. And look, I love Jace Peterson. He loves Jace Peterson. But if he keeps hitting 159, I might have to call him minor league, Jace. Yeah, I he's 32. You can't let – I mean, the leash on a guy like that is a lot shorter than it would be on a guy like a Mike Brasso who's 28 and has a lot more uh, control than uh, Jace Peterson does. Right. You're going to need to open up that spot. You know that the third base starter is going to be Luis Urias when he comes back. So if – in a perfect world, if Mike Brasso was a left-handed hitter, Jace Peterson would probably be gone right now. The fact is you would like to have 
that left-handed bat to platoon in a way with Luis, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think as much as we all hate to see it, to say it, to admit it, it might be Jace Peterson going. Yeah, because the thing with, and Evan, you can chime in on this too. Once again, Sam Schmidt's filling in for Tim Allen here on the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show presented by Jim Dandies. The thing is, like, Keston here is technically in that conversation of guys who you could consider sending down. But Keston, just like Mike Brasso, has shown signs of power already this season. And he had an RBI single the other game. But the thing with Keston, I, I want to get your take on this too, Evan, is like if you send him down another time, who, by the way, Keston here only has one more minor league option left on him. Right. So it's not like you want to risk that anyways. But if you send him down, which I don't think they're going to, but that you can't, that just kills Keston's confidence as a player. Because he has shown improvements. In spring training, he looked really great. Oh, I thought he was completely back in spring training. I know it was spring training, but my goodness, he was hitting the cover off the ball. And I guess it hasn't completely translated this season, but if you look at the last couple of weeks, he is a different player than he was on opening day. He's The at-bats look a lot better. He hasn't, strike, he hasn't struck out as much, which, I mean, 40% to 50%, what really is that difference? But he's getting on base. He's working counts. He doesn't look completely overmatched by a pitcher's fastball. He looks different. And it might not be the exact same Keston Hero as 2019. I think he still needs to just completely get rid of that leg kick. Just go to like a toe tap or something. But he's, that, that hitter is still there. He's still only 25 years old. He was the, the what, tenth, ninth pick, 10th pick a couple of years ago? Yeah. You still have to have faith in him. You can't give up. Look at Tyrone Taylor. He's He was a first-round pick, and he's just now kind of hitting his stride. You oh, have man. to have patience. Tyrone's been in the minors for so long, man. I, that's why. People forget, hashtag people forget. He was drafted 10 years ago, 2012, I think. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, Evan. I think Keston, in the second half of April, was looking much better than he was opening day. And I think the part that you agree with, too, is it's hard to – look, it's hard to be a great batter – when you're especially getting pinch hit appearances, but mostly when guys like Rowdy Telez are playing so good enough to make him pretty... Look, Rowdy Telez should be the everyday first baseman. Yes, and he is. Yeah, but sometimes he'll get a day off for Keston here because Craig Council needs to find a way to get him on the field, which I get, but thankfully, but not thankfully, it's also a bad thing too. Colton Wong, I don't know what's up with Colton. Is The thing that bothers me the most is it's it's not just offense with Colton Wong right now, the defense is struggling, the too. The defense, man. It's just boneheaded plays, too. Things that aren't even that tough that Colton Wong is making it look impossible. So, Keston, because Rowdy's been playing so well, yeah, he's still getting starts at first base, but now a majority of his starts have been coming at second base. But I don't know how much longer you want to keep that going. So, Well, the problem also is, like Sophia mentioned today on the broadcast when talking about Rowdy Telez, he's happy that he's here because he was getting – like every fifth day a start for Vlad Guerrero in Toronto. Yeah. And you can't get consistency that way. A major league hitter, they need to be playing nonstop because if you take a few days off and come back, your eyes have adjusted. You, you're not used to the speed of a, a fastball or the curve of a slider. You're not used to that. So getting Rowdy in the lineup every single day, you've seen it works out. It He's does. a really good hitter. He can hit lefties too. I he know can. Craig Council loves his uh right, you know, lefty righty platoon, but that guy more than anybody on the team can hit both sides of the, you know, both sides of the pitchers, righty and lefty. So there's no reason right. that Rowdy should be sitting out. But also on top of that, he's been playing great defense. He really has been shockingly good defense. 
But that's also the problem for Keston, is if Rowdy is playing so good and doesn't need a day off, he can hit both sides of the plate, his defense has been great, where does Keston fit in? Do you put him in left field for a game like you did a little bit last year? Do you play him at second base and give Colton maybe a mental break day off? I don't know. But either way, for Keston, as a professional hitter, as Eric Name likes to say on Twitter, he needs competitive or uh, co- what's the word? He just needs that. He needs reps and starts. He needs reps, not just pinch hits, but consistent starts. reps. Yeah, because if he gets a pinch hit and he strikes out, that just kills his confidence. I, I don't think people realize how hard it is to be completely cold for two and a half hours and then go and pinch hit in like the bottom of the seventh inning. Right. It's borderline impossible. That's why there are players who have made their entire career out of being a pinch hitter. It's not easy. No, I agree with you. And 414-799-1250, you can also tweet us at 1250am, the fan about this. Right now we're just kind of talking about, we've kind of made the case right there for Keston Hira, why when Luis Arias comes back that Keston should probably be hands off and stay on this active roster and still get starts here and there. But So now it's pretty much between Jace Pearson and Mike Brasso. We'll talk about it more and more with you guys. We'll get your guys' thoughts. But 414-799-1250. Also, feel free to talk about this uh, game as well. At the end of the day, the Brewers do win the series. There is, is you know, still things to be proud about. Coming into the game, they were 11-2 and against righties, so that's kind of a little sour. Now they're 11-3. and But at the end of the day, it's been a great stretch for the Brewers. Like I said, five-game winning streak snapped. 8-3 and in their last 11 games. Now 7-4 and at home. So a lot of things to be positive about in the past two games in this series as well. Offense has really been heating up, but unfortunately the offense did not show up today. Three hits. And we can't look at him. We can't look at the season in just one game. But the thing that bothers me the most and why I sound so pessimistic is because you lose another quality start by one of your best pitchers. If not, I, mean, I can't believe I said if not. He is your ace, Corbin Burns. So another quality start by your ace lost. It's now the fifth quality start this season that the Brewers have not recorded a win for their pitcher because the offense just continues to show up, which kind of concerns me because it's the same things that we've kind of saw heading into the playoffs last year. Not only heading into the playoffs, but kind of sprinkled in all throughout the year is that it's pretty much the same offense aside from Hunter Renfro. You swap in for Avi Garcia, then you also bring in Andrew McCutcheon. But other than that, it's essentially the same guys. And you can have great stretches, but I told Tim, I think a couple of days ago, I don't know if you were here, Evan, but you were talking about what would make you feel confident or sold that the Spurs offense is like legit. And I said, look, they're going to have a stretch. And Rami and I are mostly talking about this. If you guys aren't familiar, Sam Schmidt's filling in for Tim Allen today on the Gene Wagner Baseball Postgame Show, 4 and 4, 7, 9, 9, 12, 50. But if you aren't familiar, I'm on the Rami show. I produced for him. And he was saying how this offense is going to show a stretch like they did last year when they got Willie Adamas, where they're going to look like top offense in baseball. And you kind of saw that for a week or so, a little longer, against the Pittsburgh Pirates and Chicago Cubs, that you could see the potential once they're hitting their ceiling that this is what this offense can do. They can hit a ton of home runs, and they can put up runs on a good day. But what I told, what I told uh, Rami and Tim is that I want to see how they answer when they come back down to earth. And I'm not, I'm not saying this one game, boom, all of a sudden it's over. You know, They could still – they won the series – and they can go into Cincinnati, you know, at American Family Field. But they can go into that series and still sweep, and things can be right on track. But I want to see, once they do have that similar stretch to last year, where they look like a top offense in baseball, 
once they come back down to earth and get cold for a week or two, how do they respond to that? And it can't be stated enough that they've been playing in a lot of cold weather cities and a lot of cold weather games with a dead baseball. If you look all around baseball, league average OPS right now is about 680, which is about, I would say, 60 to 70 points lower than it usually is. (laughs) But offense is horrific around the league right now. Keston here is almost a league average hitter this year. And he, I mean, he had one of the worst starts to a season you can have. Baseball offense is down right now. And the fact that the Brewers came home this weekend after brutal weather in Pittsburgh and proceeded to put up 20 runs in two games on the Cubs, that should be encouraging to you. It is. They can hit for power. They have power hitters like Hunter Renfro, who hit three home runs. Christian Yelich looked like himself. You have a lot of great hitters on this team that are going to warm up as the as the weather warms up. That's how it goes. Wait until we're in June when it's 85 with a humidity of 70%. Christian Yelich is going to hit like nine home runs in that month. Oh, yeah. This team is coming. Don't worry. The fact that they're winning right now without an offense, they're doing better than the vast majority of teams in the league. Patience. Have patience. This team is good. Stearns knows what he's doing. Yeah, they are good. I, I agree with you. Oh, you got you opened up the can of worms on the baseball. And don't even get, get me started on that. We're gonna try it's, to it's bad. We're gonna try to talk to Eno Saris of the Athletic this week on the Rami show, who uh, last year we talked to him when the spider attack incident was going on. We really got some good details on what was going on, but we're gonna try to talk to him this week on the Rami show about this quote-unquote dead ball, which it is, because baseball just cannot figure out the baseball for some reason, which is weird because in the NBA, all you change is a sponsor and nobody complains about the basketball. In the NFL, nobody ever talks about the ball. But baseball, every year, we're talking about a different baseball. It's because it's contracted out to a different company. Right. That's the problem is they use different contractors. They experiment. Because we know they've used, what, four or five different versions of the ball in the last yeah. five years? What was it last year? They ran out of the balls they were originally using, so they brought back some juiced baseballs in the second half of the season. It's, it's insane. <laughs> because of manufacturing difficulties. But you're right. And I, look, if, if I sound too down on this offense, I'm trying not to be. But the part that just really bothers me is that this is stuff that you're going to see from this offense here and there because it is essentially the same offense as last year with Hunter Renfro and Andrew McCutcheon added to it. And hopefully – Luis Arias right around the corner is that you're going to have days like this still even when they're on their high horse is that you're going to get, you're going to get quality stars wasted like this and that's just the thing that grinds my gears but 414-799-1250 we'll talk about this and more with you once again if you guys also want to talk about the Bucks, feel free to call in as well we're not going to definitely downplay the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks went into Boston and won game one commandingly too by the way so we'll talk about that more and we'll talk about this roster decision, too, with you guys. You can chime in on Twitter or call us once again, 414-799-1250 as well. It is Sam Schmitz filling in for Tim Allen on the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show presented by Jim Dandies. More coming up here. We'll hear, we'll hear from Craig Council, the players, and more next on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. What play got you the most excited from today's game? Did it get you up off the couch? It's time for the call of the game, presented by the 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network, now featuring home grill kits to go. Visit them at 5 
Brewers dropped the series finale to the Chicago Cubs 2-0 today at American Family Field. Unfortunately, they lose the series finale, but they do end up winning the series. Five-game winning streak snapped, and when the Brewers get shut out, well, there's not too many highlights to pick from for a call of the game. We could have gone with Corbin Burns getting his 10th strikeout, tying Giovanni Gallardo as the only other pitcher in Brewers franchise history to have three outings with 10-plus strikeouts or more in a row. But when it comes in a loss, can't really pick a highlight from Corbin Burns because at the end of the day, like I said, they did lose. Once again, 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250AMTheFan if you guys want to join the show. But we figured it's still a pretty good day in Wisconsin sports at the end of the day. I mean, Milwaukee Bucks, they go into Boston and take game one in a game that everybody in the national media was taking the Boston Celtics today. I remember I was watching the postgame show or the pregame show on the four-letter network, and Stephen A., Mike Wilbon, and Jalen Rose, they all took the Celtics to win today. Would you look at that? The Bucks end up winning, commandedly, too, uh, leading after the first quarter and did not look back or give up the lead at any point in that game. And then also Giannis reminds us that he, not not just us, but he reminds the whole world that he is the best player in this series and possibly the entire NBA as well. But our call of the game, since the Brewers get shut out, we figured we'd go with the Milwaukee Bucks. And this, all I could, all I could say was I stood up and did one of those, oh, after the play, and the entire Bucks bench was going crazy. And that was Giannis Adetokounmpo's self alley oop after he found himself in trouble, putting the Bucks up seventy one or ninety four to seventy eight late in the game. Adetokounmpo, Williams, stout defense, threw it to himself. Oh, he's eviscerating the Celtics inside. Wow. There it. <laughs> Yeah, you you can't be saying that. Just a slight pause. Yeah, so there is our call of the game after the Brewers get shut out. We had to go with the Bucs highlight to cheer everybody up in Wisconsin. Once again, it's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show. Sam Schmitz in for Tim Allen this afternoon alongside Evan Heffelfinger. Once again, 414-799-1250 if you guys want to join the show as well. So really, once again, talking about this game today, came in with a five-game winning streak that ended up being snapped. Now 8-3 and In their last 11 games, the Milwaukee Brewers, 7-4 at home, 11-5 versus the NL Central, and 11-3 now versus righties. Before, they were 11-2 today, which we were thinking, oh, Marcus Stroman also 6.98 ERA, looking pretty good for the Brewers' odds. Eh, not so much. Corbin Burns ends up going seven innings and strikes out 10, like I said, tying franchise history with Giovanni Gallardo. But still gets the loss as the Brewers only end up putting up three hits and getting shut out. If you guys want to chime in after the game, get your guys' thoughts on this offense. If you're a little worried about not just not just this game, but throughout the season, if this is going to be more of an occurrence, once again, this is already the fifth quality start that has been wasted by Brewers pitcher this season that they go six innings or more and they still don't get a win. And if Corbin Burns is pitching this well throughout the rest of the season – Brandon Woodruff gets back on track. He's already looking pretty good, but there's still room for Woodruff to get even better. Freddie Peralta is looking like himself nowadays after that two rough outings to start the season, but he just struggles against the Cardinals at the end of the day. So that one kind of gets tossed out right away. And then Adrian Hauser's doing his thing. Great outing against the Philadelphia Phillies and his last outing as well. But also Eric Lauer, the story of the week probably for the Milwaukee Brewers Back-to-back outings with 10-plus strikeouts in his for the first time in his career after 76 starts. 
That's uh, the first time that Eric Lauer has gone back-to-back outings with 10 or more strikeouts. Also, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, Evan, when it comes to Eric Lauer, because it's kind of a rough day for the Brewers, but we can't really make too much of it because at the end of the day, they did end up winning the series. It's been a great stretch, 15-7 and in April, but you're off to a loss in May, but at the end of the day, you get the day off. And you still have a home series against the Reds, who are probably, we thought the Pirates are going to be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, might be the Cincinnati Reds, the way they've started the year. But I kind of want to get your thoughts on Eric Lauer real quick, kind of talk about some positive things about the Spurs team. I was thinking about this when I was reading Adam McAlvey's piece from last night, and there was a quote from his former Padres teammate, Hunter Renfro. He was talking about Eric Lauer and his development he brought up a good point. Hunter Renfro said, quote, to be honest, the Padres teams that we had, Eric Lauer was one of our better starters. And to throw him into, into a role that was not ideal so early in Lauer's career, Renfro said, for him to be there and see Woody, Corbin, and the guys, it really helped him out a lot. I think that's really impacting his career so far, and you're seeing it in these past two nights. Hunter Renfro once again on Eric Lauer. And it got me thinking because at the end of the day, Lauer is still somewhat young. Been in the majors for a while, but it got me thinking, man. Like when Runfro was talking about him being alongside Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta, could Eric Lauer possibly be going into like a Corbin Burns type of progression in his career late? Where I'm not, I'm not saying that Eric Lauer is going to be our future ace and all that. I'm just saying that he can be a very reliable three to five pitcher in any rotation in baseball. But the fact that, like you said, he has one of the, I think what the third or fourth best. ERA since last June. Third, yeah. Yeah. And then, by the way, better ERA since last June than Corbin Burns or Adrian Hauser's teammates. Who I guess are fourth and fifth. They're not terrible. <laughs> oh, no, still great. Man, that's what grinds my gears so much about this loss today. And it's against the Cubs. But anyways, things are looking good for the Brewers overall on offense. You just hope that these good habits continue in other series. But like I was saying about Lauer, his fastball's up a mile per hour. You see his arm slot from last year is different. It's kind of like Lucas Giolito, where it's closer to his body when he releases it. I mean, there's this isn't a fluke. Like Eric Lauer could be improving, kind of like the way where he went through a rough, stra- rough stretch in San Diego before he came here, and then he kind of flipped the script once the Brewers started tinkering with a lot of his stuff. And Corbin Burns, you saw early in his career, like it wasn't really fair for the Brewers to put him in that starting role when he stole the retrospects and stuff like that. And now you're seeing he goes down to Arizona in that pitching lab. Man, do I want to know what they do in that pitching lab. But now it's a completely different pitcher and now an ace of a ball club. Like like I said, I'm not saying Eric Lauer is an ace, but do you think that there's still room for Eric Lauer to grow and do you think this, you know, he can keep this up? I think he can keep it up. I think he like you mentioned, he's been working a lot on his pitches. I feel like getting with the guys that the Brewers have has helped him. I think back to a preseason article from Will Salmon where he asked all of the pitchers if there was one pitch that they could get from one of the other starters. And Lauer was mentioned a couple times. I want—I don't remember which pitch it was exactly. I think it might have been his changeup. But he is a really solid pitcher. His velocity is up, it looks like. So it looks like they've tweaked his mechanics a little bit. So his, uh, He was hitting 95 uh, a couple days ago. Which back in the a couple years ago, he was lucky to hit 92, 93. And the thing that I think is the biggest improvement for him is you look at his numbers, his walks per nine is down a full walk over an entire nine inning stretch. His problem always has been base runners. Right. Hits because he was, 
he's a little bit slower of a pitcher and he doesn't have the amazing strikeout stuff and the control was a little bit of a problem and now he's finally starting to get that at 20 I believe he's 27 years old 26 he's starting to get his placement down his accuracy right the pitches are starting to look good he's striking out a ton of batters 34 this year in 23 innings and people forget just a couple 6 years ago he was a first round pick he is still young he's about to enter the prime of his career and he can only get better which is crazy for how good he's been he's not going to fall off a cliff no and even especially if, as a lefty and even if he regresses back to like you know Eric Lauer when he first got to Milwaukee or San Diego Padres yeah. Eric Lauer that's a still four ERA innings eater that's still like a number four or a typical number five in any other rotation and that's yeah. like the Brewers number five you go back to like 2015 Brewers and he might be your opening day starter yeah so I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that because I'm not sure the next time I'm going to be in here I just wanted to talk about Eric Lauer for a sec because I, he's I just been him, great I owe him a lot of apologies I and too, Luis Urias yeah I I was so mad about that trade yeah and then when 2020 happened and both of them struggled in that year, I thought, oh, David, this was maybe your first swing and miss you've ever had. Yeah, because and, he had the Jonathan Scope trade just a couple years, like a year before that, yeah. too. So we proved that you know David Stearns can sometimes be human. You know what? Hands up, David, Eric, Luis, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. You guys are good. I should have, like what I'm telling other people to have— patience because they're young still young Luis is younger than me I hate that I hate that fact. oh no we're the same age too yeah. so that means oh he's geez. younger than both of us don't you hate that we're like, hit, getting to that age that players are getting younger than us yeah yeah and he hit almost 30 home runs last year drove in 80 RBIs they're gonna get better Luis is the third baseman of this team for the future Zach Davies was a throw-in to Chicago to get you Darvish to San Diego. Is Davies with Arizona now? Yeah, something he's on, like, like that. He's been on a couple different teams since he got traded to San Diego. He's not on a very good team, and he's probably their last starter. Trent Grisham, his defense has been there, but his bat hasn't been anywhere near like it was in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's just now starting to heat up for Trent Grisham at the plate, but yeah, he was off to a brutal start to the season. How'd you feel, too, and... Uh, Trent Grisham, after his first year at the Padres, won a gold glove, too, after what happened in the wild card, uh, after the game against the Nationals in the playoffs. Yeah, how fitting. And, of course, it was over Lorenzo Cain. Now, Lorenzo only played, like, four games in 2020, but Lorenzo hadn't gotten one at that point, which was Yeah, that's my mystifying. point. Is like, when you hear Trent Grisham's a gold glover, you just be like, huh, really? <laughs> yeah. It literally, the last but, play as a brewer was not good. No, like, we look, I got to eat crow on the – Grisham Davies trade too for Lauer and Arias because you're right I mean look at the end of the day this is our job we have to talk about this almost every day and if you're not honest and you can't eat crow about things then I'm sorry nobody's going to take you seriously sometimes you gotta admit when you're wrong yeah and look it's not you can if you didn't comment on it you're now just want to like puff your chest cool but a lot of Brewers fans man like yeah it takes a couple years to decide on who's going to win a trade but it was really looking like from the first couple of months after that trade and you know after the first year that eh, this might not look so good for the brewers but man a couple of years afterwards now we're talking about eric lauer possibly being a cy young candidate not not my words adam McCalvey's words so do with that what you will and then luis arias besides avi garcia the only other active player who led the brewers in home runs last year 
Right. So, man, and I know I'm down in the offense, but I got to remind, I got to pinch myself, remind myself, Arias is going to be back. No idea where they're going to fit him in the lineup, but that's just another great bat to have back for the Brewers. Well, yeah, and where's your weakness at that point? Yeah. At that point, it's kind of Colton. Well, and he's not bad by any stretch. To your point, too, where's your weakness? But I still think at the end of the day, David Stearns is going to do something to bring in some offense oh, yeah. at the trade deadline. I don't but... think anybody saw the Eduardo Escobar trade coming. No, but I told Tim that, and he brought up a good point. Is like, where are you going to put him? I mean, these guys— It would probably be in the outfield. Yeah, and guess. that's why I told Tim, like, it's probably going to be a platoon guy. You won't start every day. But I would assume an outfielder. But, man, like that's the thing about this roster, especially when Urias comes back, is this team's deep. And when they live up to their hype or potential and their ceiling, they can be a damn good offense. But like I said, I just want to see that you know, consistently for about a couple months. And then once they come back down to earth, how do they respond after that? And they could be in that stretch right now. But just losing another quality start kind of grinds my gears a little bit. But at the end of the day, I told Tim when this you know first uh, stretch – against the Pirates and the Cubs, and now you got the Reds coming up. It's like, you should do what you did these past couple days where you had a five-game winning streak. You, you swept the Pirates. You won two out of three against the Cubs. You put up a bunch of runs against the Cubs, too. Multiple home runs in each game. Nine, 11 runs, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's very good. You should be encouraged because that's what this offense is capable mm-hmm. of, but you should do that stuff. But now you just want to see those good habits translate to each series. And if they take two out of three every series or split a series and all that, nobody's complaining here. Nor should Two they. out of three wins you over 100 games in the division. Yeah, 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 AM if you guys want to join us. But I keep on harping on this. Is like You're going to get days like this too that you just got to try to eliminate towards the end of the season, and especially you can't have them in the playoffs like you did last year where these pitchers pitch great and they only give up one or two runs and they still end up getting a loss and waste a quality start. And this offense just can't put up anything and they all of a sudden go cold. So you hope that what they're doing against these weaker opponents translates to other series. Like I said, after the Reds on Tuesday and then Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, you have a series against Atlanta, which should be a pretty good test, who just got Ronald Acuna Jr. back. So we'll see what this offense can do this upcoming week. We'll talk about that and more. Also on Twitter, if you guys want to chime in, we also have the question up today. Since the Brewers roster has to go from 28 to 26 tomorrow, uh, who do you guys think is going to miss the cut now they're already down to the maximum number of pitchers with Jake Cousins going on the IL. They had to go from 15 to 14 pitchers max. So you don't really have to worry about the pitchers, but you could still possibly send another one down, whether it be Gustave, Holby Milner, guys like that. But I don't think David Stearns is going to do that because you always want to have bullpen depth and stuff like that. So besides Alex Jackson, because that's probably going to be one of the two that could option down, since you have three catchers in the active roster right now, who do you guys think is also going to be optioned down tomorrow? And then also, it's pretty much three guys that you have to worry about being optioned down because Luis Arias, as we were talking about, is pretty much right around the corner and returning to the Brewers soon. So it's either going to be probably Jace Peterson or Mike Brasso that he'll take the spot of. So we'll get your guys' thoughts on that, 414-799-1250, or tweet us at 1250 and the fan. Sam Schmitz and Evan Heffelfinger in for Tim Allen today on the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show. Presented by Jim Dandies. We'll talk about that more and we'll hear from Craig Council coming up next on 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. Presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game on 1250 AM, The Fan. Brewers lose the series finale to the Chicago Cubs. 
Corbin Burns ended up, ends up getting the loss after going seven innings pitched, just two runs given up. Ten strikeouts, but still gets the loss, as mentioned before. Oh, we got breaking news. Go ahead, Evan. Uh, the decision has been made for the Brewers already oh. on options. They have optioned Mike Brasso and Alex Jackson. Oh, wow. wow. So they're staying with Jace Peterson. I did not expect Brasso to go down because he's been pretty good. Hmm. Interesting. And between him and Peterson, I mean, I know Jace hit a home run just recently in this series against the Cubs. And once again, it is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show. Sam Schmitz and Evan Heffelfinger in for Tim Allen this afternoon. And we are broadcasting live from the Lakeland University studios. The leader in online education, learn on your terms at lakeland.edu. Evan Heffelfinger just reminding us that uh, options have already been made for the Milwaukee Brewers going from 28 to 26 on their roster. So we mentioned before, Victor Carantini, since uh, he just returned from the COVID IL, that they had three catchers on their roster. So Alex Jackson was definitely going to be one of the cuts. Or not cuts, but options. And then also, I was, I'm kind of surprised by this. They're going with Mike Brasso over Jace Peterson for now. Huh. Because Mike Brasso has just been just as versatile as Jace Peterson. And Jace, other than this home run in the series against the Cubs, has kind of been struggling at the plate. And Brasso has been more consistent as far as getting on base. If you look at today's uh, box score, I believe Brasso definitely has a better on-base percentage than Jace Peterson. Yeah, Brasso's on-base percentage this season after today, 364. Just pinch ran for Narvaez, so it didn't really go down anyways. And Jace Peterson is down to a 260 on-base percentage. So I guess because of what Jace Peterson did last year, and his reputation in the clubhouse, they're probably giving him a longer leash. But I, I wonder if he has options, too. They might have to put him on waivers if they send him down. I looked at uh, Matt Carroll put out an article a couple of weeks ago about options for the Brewers. And Matt, you can read his stuff, Matt Corral, reviewing the Brew. Um, I believe Jace Peterson, let me look at my notes here. I believe he has one option remaining. So if you, I assume, do you think that they're going to option Jace down when Arias comes back still? Probably. You would have to think, but they also like that platoon. Yeah. So who else would it be? It might have to be Keston. Mm, man. I don't want it to be. This did not go the way I was thinking. I'm surprised they went Brasso over Peterson, at least for now. But it may still be Peterson once Arias comes back, but uh, there we go. Breaking news already in the fan. And once again, breaking news is brought to you by BetQL and the BetQL app. Beat the books, get smarter, beat the books. And go to betql.com for your breaking news here on the fan. All right, so Alex Jackson and Mike Brasso being optioned back down as the Brewers roster once again needed to go from 28 to 26 before tomorrow. That's all of baseball too, after extended or after shortened spring training and the MLB lockout. But we'll have to mention too that not only do they have to trim the rosters down by tomorrow, but at the end of the month they'll also have to make another cut as pitchers will definitely be shortened down from 14 to 13. So another roster decision coming up at the end of the month, but for now they're going with Alex Jackson and Mike Brasso. We'll talk about that and more. If you guys want to chime in, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 and the fan. But as mentioned before, we'll hear from Craig Council after the Brewers lose the series finale, get shut out by the Chicago Cubs 2 to nothing, and get his thoughts on uh, Corbin Burns outing that kind of went to waste. Here's Craig Council after the game. Yeah, I mean, he was 
he was, I mean, I thought, I thought he was really good all day. I mean, in the first four innings, he was, you know, I mean, I don't know what the strike ball thing was the first innings, but it was 40 pitches around there. And, um, yeah, and it was, it was very efficient, very good. Um, you know, he made, unfortunately, the, the two pitches he gave, you know, that they had to hit, they, they did something with. Um, I don't look like a cutter out, down and out over the plate for wisdom. And then just, just left the breaking ball up a little bit to Suzuki. And unfortunately, those, unfortunately, they both hurt us, hurt us. Um, and they pitched well enough where that was, that was enough. Was this just one of those games where Marcus uh, Schroeder was just big spots? Or yeah, I mean, I thought I thought he did a really good job. Um, he was really sharp early, you know, and then he got us. You know, we chased a little bit, kind of as the game went, but um, he had multiple pitches kind of at his disposal today and had a feel for all of them. It looked like. It felt like he was really slider heavy too. Was that surprising to you guys? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think he he's his slider, his cutter, it's it's split, it's sinker, you know. So it's it, you know he's he had them all. I felt like he had them all working today a little bit, um, and he did a nice job with them. Got him out of the game there in that eighth inning and kind of put a little rally together. Did that feel like a moment that you know was was the chance to put some runs across? Well, we didn't we didn't create chances against Strowman, so that was uh, the eighth inning was our best chance. Um, and he made some pitchers to get out of it. This game would drive you crazy, Craig, after 20 runs and nine homers and then one, you know, the nature of the sport, one guy can just completely change things. Well, that, I mean, Stroman's, you know, over there and he's, he's a good pitcher and uh, he's going to have days like that. Um, well, that's how it works. There's Brewers manager Craig Council after the Brewers lose the series finale of the Chicago Cubs 2 to nothing today. Once again, Corbin Burns gets the loss, his first loss of the year, after going seven innings pitched and two earned runs given up. Kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the seven before we go to break, and then we'll get you some team stats, where they rank among the rest of the MLB as far as offense before we wrap up the show. And we'll also talk to Craig Council on his drive home because we know Craig's listening and he wants to hear from us. Uh, I did look at my notes from Matt Carroll on reviewing the brew about who has options and who doesn't. I stand corrected. Peterson, according to Matt Carroll, is optionless whereas Brasso has two remaining. So that makes sense why they would go with Brasso for today. He's got more options. And if Peterson's optionless, that means if you want to send him down, he's going to have to go through waivers. And I know the Brewers definitely don't want to lose a guy like Jace Peterson. It's got, so it's got me thinking, I don't know, Evan, is it going to be Keston Hira, you think? Because oh man, it if, I, be. if I look at it this way, if Keston does go down, and once again, 414-799-1250, you guys want to comment on this or talk about today's game or the Bucks game, but if Keston still has at least one more option, maybe it really isn't a bad thing for Keston to go down where he can get consistent starts and continue to improve on what he was doing in spring training in this past at least second half of April. What do you think? Yeah, I see that. I just I worry about his confidence. Yeah. Because you know it's already been shot. So he's been rebuilding it. He put in the work. He looked good. Will it hurt his confidence to go back down to AAA again? I don't know. I don't know if it would. I think that's what they'll probably end up doing just because we know David Stearns, how much he loves to roster manipulate, and how much he covets players that have options remaining. You would think that it will probably be Keston, but should it be? I Jace has not been good. The problem is they're paying him $2 million this year, or a little bit under, 
He doesn't have options, and you assume that another team is going to pick him up. He has a lot of versatility. He can play all of the infield positions and the outfield. Do you want to get rid of a guy like that? I don't know. No. Do you, or do you want to risk losing a guy like that? I don't think the Brewers do. I think you know between the optionless guys, I know there's a couple other on the roster, but if, if that's the decision, I think they're probably going to go through Rania then. Probably lose him to waivers. Yeah, he might be gone. But, so, but and he outside of the first couple of appearances, he hasn't been pitching horribly. No, and like I said, he 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 signed so late with the team where he didn't get a proper spring training or time to ramp up the season. So his first couple of outings where he did get roughed up, this is kind of still uh, besides his last one against Pittsburgh. He just you know that's like his third or fourth appearance by now. But I mean, Urania really hadn't had as much time as all these other pitchers in the Brewers staff to really ramp up and get ready for the season. So you kind of give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and consider the fact that he still is a former starting pitcher going into a reliever situation. But, yeah, if Peterson's optionless, maybe it is Keston here that goes down. So it's exciting to get Luis Arias back in this offense, which will definitely help, but um, still an interesting roster decision after the Brewers did trim their roster down to 28-26 to before tomorrow's deadline. Once again, if you didn't hear. This also is a great problem to have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, embarrassment of riches, kind of like the uh, Brewers starting rotation, like how Aaron Ashby is going back to the bullpen for now when he realistically on a lot of other teams could probably be somebody's fifth starter and being a lefty too. But, I mean, Eric Lauer is doing what he's doing, and Adrian Hauser is pitching very well too. Some of the best ERAs since last June in all of baseball, just behind you know Julio Urias and Ranger Suarez. So a lot of interesting, uh, or at least another interesting roster move to consider coming up for the Brewers as Luis Arias will return soon. But we're at the show up uh, next segment. We'll kind of get some team stats and see where the Brewers offensively rank among the league. We'll also talk a little bit to Craig Council before the end of the show. So that's coming up next. Once again, 414-799-1250 if you guys want to join the show or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. If you guys didn't hear beforehand, uh, Evan Heffelfinger let us know before the segment started that Mike Brasso and Alex Jackson, the two victim of roster options right now for the Brewers, as they go from 28 to 26-man roster before tomorrow's deadline. We'll talk about that and more coming up next here on The Fan. You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek on The Fan. Time to check Tim Allen's news and notes. Yeah, we know they're infamous, somewhat overrated, and, well, Quite frankly, sometimes just plain old dumb. But he continues to read them. Okay, Tim, have at it if you need to. You know what? I feel like I'm like a one-man army when it comes to standing up for Tim's news and notes. I don't know about you, hey, Evan. I love okay, them. I, right. I absolutely love but them. But I know there are a lot of people at the station who, when Tim fills in, he does his news and notes, just roll their eyes. But I love it. You know, he has some. I think it's great to break up the local stuff and – get some uh you know insight on what's going on elsewhere around the leagues and you know also tim has some very weird and wacky news and notes here and there but you know what i love tim's news and notes once again it is sam schmitz and evan heffelfinger filling in for tim allen here on the gene wagner uh, plumbing baseball post game show presented by jim dandies uh, once again the brewers end up losing the series finale to the cubs two to nothing the final score today brewers offense only putting up three hits and uh, Corbin Burns going seven innings pitched, 10 strikeouts, two earned runs, giving up one on a home run, but ends up getting the loss. So another quality start, the fifth one this year that the Brewers have wasted where a pitcher goes a quality start and does not record a win as well. Some real quick uh, news and notes. 
as I want to give you guys kind of a perspective on where this Brewers team ranks among the entire league as far as offense. Coming into today, they were 17th in team OPS with a 673 OPS as a team. They now slide down to 18th in OPS, 660. So staying consistently there. Team average before coming into today, they were 223. They're now 24th in the league with an average of 218. So definitely want to see that improve as well. Strikeouts, cover your ears. They are third in the entire league for strikeouts with 207 as a team so far this season. 13 home runs, or 13th in the league for home runs with a bunch or so far. Jeez. I'm sorry. Tied for sixth in the league with home runs with 24. My bad. So at least they are leading in one category or very close to leading as well. So there's at least a positive. And then finally, 13th in the league with, uh, with runs with 94 as well. And then if you didn't hear before as well, um, some fr- um, franchise history from today's outing by Corbin Burns. Unfortunately, it comes in a loss, but it is something to monitor and appreciate from this great Brewers pitching staff. Corbin Burns uh, tying Giovanni Gallardo with the only other pitcher in Brewers franchise history to have three consecutive 10-plus strikeout outings. So once again, another great Corbin Burns outing, but as mentioned before, the Brewers get shut out and they end up losing, and Corbin Burns recorded with the loss. So it is unfortunate. It's one game. The Brewers did end up winning the series. They've been on a great stretch overall. Came into today with a five-game winning streak. Unfortunately, that snapped. But you get a day off, and you go against the Cincinnati Reds, possibly the worst team in all of baseball. So that is a good sign. Hopefully the Spurs offense can keep it up and you know build good habits. And now, for the final segment, once again, if you guys want to chime in, the final couple minutes here, 414-799-1250, or tweet us at 1250AndTheFan. Let's talk to Craig Council, who's probably listening to 1250 and the Fan on his ride home, shall we? You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Craig Council's workday is done. He's from here, and he lives here. Time for Craig's Ride Home. His radio just might be on 1250 AM, the Fan. Do you feel the need to let him know what's on your mind? I know we do. Not so much uh, criticism like Tim Allen usually has for Craig Council today as uh, nothing he could really do about it. As the offense, like I said, only comes up with three hits as they get shut out in the series finale against the Cubs. So, Craig, if you're listening, good job. I mean, at the end of the day, you did have a pretty good, well-managed bullpen uh, decisions and all that. Brent Suter comes in, and then John Del Gustave also doesn't give up another run after the two runs given up by Corbin Burns. Unfortunately, there's nothing you you could really do about it. So... I guess maybe uh, smash a water cooler. Maybe not. It's not. It's not to that point. It's not that frustrating, right, Evan? But something's got to change. You don't want to waste these quality starts. Well, hello, Craig. Uh, CC. Yeah, hello, I can, Craig. I can call you CC because you know we're close like that, and we talk a lot during the season. Uh, this team is rolling right now, and I think you deserve a lot of credit for it. You're letting the starters stay longer in games, which isn't really like you. And I, I I appreciate you doing that. The games that have been losses, think about it. In the last week, it was just one fluke game to the Giants where, okay, you might not have had the best bullpen management, but to be fair, Devin wasn't available. Josh might not have been available either. And we shouldn't even have these one-game series shouldn't anyways have, because of the stupid should, lockout. That should not have existed at all. Yeah, uh, We can't say anything about that. No. But you won three in Pittsburgh during just horrible weather, including some come-from-behind victories in that series, then you come home and absolutely beat the socks off the Cubs for the first two games. Today doesn't matter. Who cares? 
That's one game. It's a travel game. It sucks that you lost in a, a really good Corbin Burns start, but it's going to happen. Teams are going to lose a game, a series. So, Craig, I just want to know, or I want to <laughs> let you know, I'm not mad. I'm we not have, mad either. We have, I'm just frustrated. It's the first of the month, and we went 15-7 and seven in the first month of the season. That's unbelievable. Right now, our playoff odds are at like 93% right. to make the playoffs. Let's you just have, make sure this doesn't happen come playoff time, all right? I mean, yeah, but you have completely turned this franchise around, and I know that I'm talking in gener- generalities uh, right now, but listen, we lost, so it's not like I can really comment on anything specific that you did today, but I just I want to say how just thrilled I am that you're here. I hope that you're having a great game. I hope you have the Bucks uh, TiVoed so that you can go home and watch oh, it. Yeah. Great game. Uh, just a reminder, Craig, because I know that you, even though you are a stats guy, I'm sure you uh, haven't been paying attention to this one. You're only 20 wins away from passing Phil Garner for most wins in Brewers history as a manager. So I can't believe there are people who want to fire you, Craig. They don't understand. Uh, I don't make get it. sure, make sure, pass this along to uh, Yelly for me. I want him to know that I'm on his side. I'm cheering for him no matter what. Oh, yeah. Did um, I mention, did it, have you known that I put a list together of people who said good. that they're out on Christian Yelich? So, so when, come, when time comes that these people cannot celebrate Christian Yelich's uh, comeback. Right. So, Craig, happening. Craig, we are on your side right now. And I know, you know you're hearing this because you're listening to this right now. Sam and I are on your side. We're also on Yelich's side. Let him know that there are people here that still like him. And believe in him. Just, Craig, have a great Sunday. Uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday mm-hmm. after probably a, what, like t- 10 to 6 Brewers win. You would think against the Cincinnati Reds. So I'll be at that it. game as well. Well done, Evan. And like I said, I'm not going to get too down. I know I sound pessimistic and all that. And I may sound like, oh, the roof is caving in. But I just want you to know where I'm coming from. I hate losing quality starts like this when Corbin Burns is pretty, you know pitching and striking out 10 batters a game, and the offense can't do anything. But at the end of the day, the Brewers did win the series, and man, do I hate losing to the Cubs. I hate losing any games to the Cubs. I'm just like Tim Allen, where it bothers me more than anything. So we won't make too much of it. Just keep your foot on the gas pedal if you're the Milwaukee Brewers and Craig Council against the Cincinnati Reds team. We'll see where it goes from there. For Sam Schmitz and Evan Heffelfinger filling in for Tim Allen, who will be back on Tuesday, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again. Is the Gene Wagner Baseball Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies here on The Fan. And remember, Milwaukee, smile. The world will smile back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 